It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's builtbar.com. You are locked on reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Well, that's another day, and that's another Reds loss. The Reds fall 9-6 to to the Pirates in the opener, and they fall three games below 500 now at 8-11 and here in the first 19 games of the season, which guarantees that they will be under 500 come the 20-game mark. Welcome into today's podcast. I, I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time bellyaching about this loss because it sucked. I mean, it did. There, there were some nice things that came out of it. It was good to see Michael Lorenzen have a, a pretty good outing, really, if you look at it. Three and a third innings of scoreless ball. He only allowed one hit. And that's the Michael Lorenzen that we know. I don't know what happened to him before this, but three and a third with one hit, two strikeouts. He actually lowers his ERA to 10.3. Hopefully that was 
a get-right scenario for him. Cody Reed also had two and two-thirds innings of good pitching with a hit and a walk allowed and three strikeouts. And Lucas Sims with a perfect ninth inning with two strikeouts as well. It was just the fact that Anthony DiSclefani had the worst start in his career that put the Reds in the hole that they were in. They were able to come back, mostly by the efforts of Nick Senzel. He went three for four, had four RBIs. He was responsible for four of the Reds' six runs, including a double and a home run. Just a a great night overall for him. But let's be honest. You don't want to hear about that. We are at the point in the season where we thought the Reds would be starting to show why we all had confidence in them coming into the year. We, they made the moves. They built the team. They've got the talent, but it's not sure. And you can say, well, they're waiting on Moose to get back. One dude out of the lineup should not be causing this many problems. The Reds should not be dropping games to Pittsburgh in a manner of such that made Pittsburgh look like the far superior team on Thursday night. Let's call it what it is. Pittsburgh just whooped them. The Reds got whooped by a 3-13 and team. Obviously, now they're 4-13. and But all in all, when you look at the Reds at this point in the season, you thought they'd be better off. Let's look at the statistics really fast. Through 19 games on the hitting side, the Reds are tied for 27th in batting average. They're actually tied with the Brewers with a team batting average of 215. That's up from a couple of days ago. They're only a point, one point higher. Then the Pirates. Name somebody other than Josh Bell and Colin Moran on that lineup. Well, obviously before yesterday, you, you probably can name a couple now. But anyway, whatever. They, they don't have that many guys. They're sixth in home runs, which is nice. They've got 30. Tied for 18th in runs scored. Actually tied with the Cubs, and the Cubs are just absolutely lighting the baseball world on fire. They're tied for 10th in on-base percentage with the Dodgers at 322. They're 17th in OPS at 737, and they're tied for 16th when it comes to striking out with the bat in their hand with the Cubs at 160. They've had 116 or 160 team strikeouts this season, which is funny because when you look at that number in particular, you think, wow, that's actually lower than I thought it would be. Still, though, they're in the middle of the pack for pretty much everything. Then in pitching. They're 18th in ERA. A lot of that has to do with the bullpen. But, hey, Anthony DiSclefani did no favors for the starting rotation today or yesterday. They're 18th in ERA, actually tied with the Braves at 4.45. And you might be surprised at seeing the Braves there. They're without the race. Soroka's been hurt all year, so that that I don't really count that as a huge surprise there. They are still first in strikeouts. They have 217 strikeouts on the year. And they're 10th in the walks plus hits per innings pitch category at 1.23. And then fielding-wise, this is interesting because I would have thought they were a little bit higher on the errors list, but they have 11 errors on the season. That's tied for 10th with the Mets, Nationals, and Braves. Basically, AL East there. Yeah, so statistically, they're just unimpressive. They're in the middle of the pack. That's not where we thought they'd be. We thought they'd be a top. 10 team, right? I I thought they would. This looked like a kind of team that really would make some noise, would be a favorite. And right now they're, you know, 
floundering. They're trying to make it into that second tier of playoff teams. I asked for some reactions on Twitter, and I invited folks to text or call the Locked on Reds line. So I'll read a couple of those. I got a text from Andy in Texas. Shout out to Andy. Thanks for the text. He said, longtime Reds fan and big fan of the podcast. I was very excited about this team coming into summer camp. But from what they have shown us so far, I think I need to lower my expectations. I think it's still a good team. But the depth just isn't there. Moose missing time really has hurt the lineup. And the bats just seem not to be able to get going. Also, our bullpen has been atrocious. With guys like Lorenzen regressing... I think they'll come around and do better than they are now. Also, I think I've been really critical of David Bell. I think he's really overthinking some of these matchups and underthinking others, like having a 3-23 and 23 on the year Cologne come up with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. Andy, appreciate that text. That was good stuff. And before I specifically respond to that text message, I also got a call that I thought was worth looping into this text as well from Matt in Cheviot. Hey, Jeff, it's Matthew Cheviot. I just wanted to check in and say uh, they are who we were hoping they weren't. And they're pissing me off. Go Reds. Insert clip of Dennis Green here. They are who we thought they were. Or, in this case, weren't. Or they weren't who we thought they were. But yes, no, Matt. Well said, man. And Andy as well. When you when you looked at this team, they looked like they were going to be better than this. And I know that with Moose gone, I, I still believe that I, I don't really blame him being out of the lineup for the lineup's woes. You've still got some guys in there that need to step up. Joey's hitting 214. Nick Castellanos has hit a slump. A. Eugenio Suarez hasn't gotten going yet. He hit that home run. We thought he was going to get going. Still hasn't really happened yet. And Tucker, he just had his first home run. Now, you know, he's not a guy that you're expecting to be a main contributor to the offense, but that, I think, was his first extra base hit of the season. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that was his first non-single of the year. It's just been a very, very slow go for this offense. Like I said, 27th in batting average. That's just not going to cut it. Got another one from David Pemberton. He's he's written a couple of times for the Locked On Reds podcast. Also, good buddy of mine, Dave. Thanks for the text, dude. He said, no, I think we've lowered our expectations long enough as Reds fans. We haven't even had a winning season since 2013. They invested way too much money into this team this year. I had to sit for too many years and chalk it up to player development, rebuilding or transition, whatever. That's time has passed. It's time to win. It's time to reign. It's our time to bring home the trophy. Anything less is unacceptable. And I can appreciate that. Look, this is not the year that we can look and say, okay, well, gosh darn it, they're fun. Hot diggity dog. They really had some good games in there. Good performances. No, that time's passed. It's time to expect winning. And maybe we got ahead of ourselves expecting them to win the division, but I definitely think they had the talent to do that. I don't think we were out of bounds by saying, hey, this team is really good. I think they can beat the rest of the National League Central. If you look at the rest of the division outside of the Cubs, the Cubs have been just absolutely insane. 
But outside of the Cubs, the division is atrocious, and, and we don't even know what the Cardinals are going to look like once they get going again after having been off for so long. They haven't played since July 29th. But when you look at the rest of this division, it's not good. It is ripe for the taking. But if the Reds keep dropping games like they are to the Pirates and to the Brewers, and then they've got these other non-division games with the Royals and the Tigers that they're floundering with, then what's going to happen when they play good teams? Are we just going to see the Reds play to their competition? Although they did not do that with the Cubs. They kind of got ran over by the Cubs in that first series. So I, I, I don't know what to think about this team. I don't want to say that I'm panicking and changing my expectations right now, but at the same time, it's not a thought that is completely out of my mind. A couple of good Twitter replies in here. Shout out to our buddy Scott Campbell. He says, no, changing our expectations is only accepting what is currently happening on the field. And you're right, Scott. Like They can get better. They have to get better. There's no way that they won't get better. There's no way that they will continue to bat 217 as a team. This lineup is too good. But it's just so frustrating after 19 games, we are talking about the same things that have plagued them every single day. Timely hits. They had runners on base. They had the ability. I don't know if you saw that. You probably turned the game off. I don't blame you there. But they had runners on base late in the game against the Pirates. They could come back. They should have beaten the Royals two days ago. Because they had runners all over the place on base, and they just couldn't bring him in. I, I, they they got to get better. And then Doug Gray, friend of the podcast, he says no, and you can quote me on that. I'm with you, Doug. I'm I'm not changing my expectations yet, but it's really getting close. There, most people have said that in the 2020 season, pretty much every team is going to go 15 and 15. The Reds are four losses away from hitting 15 losses. That's, that's what basic math tells me, and I'm not really that good at anything outside of basic math, but yeah, 15 minus 11, that's four. So if they lose four more games, then they, hey, that's their 15 allotted losses. And if my lofty predictions, which now look super lofty, were anywhere near correct, that means that they can only lose 11 more games this year. It's probably not going to happen. But at the same token, that's why I reached out for responses. That's why I reached out for people and their thoughts on this team. Because you guys have watched it just like I've watched this team. You've seen the performances that just don't live up to what we thought they could be. Now, maybe they go on a streak and this podcast is completely moot by next week. But they got to do it right now, man. They got to stop waiting. There's no more waiting. This isn't a 162-game season where you can say, oh, everything's going to get better. It's fine. No, no, no. It's got to get better now. And Clay Snowden has an article up on LockedOnReds.com talking about maybe it's time for a change at the catching position because the catchers as a whole, between Kirk Casale and Tucker Barnhart, had very little production leading up to yesterday's game. Of course, Tucker hits a home run, so that makes you wonder. But at the same token... It it points out the fact that there needs to be more urgency with things. Now, maybe you've got some guys riding the ship. Like I mentioned, with Cody Reed, Michael Lorenzen, and Lucas Sims pitching well out of the bullpen today, keeping the score where it was after Disco left just a nuclear bomb on the field. But all in all, you've, you've got to get better now. There's no more waiting for this. All right, that's a little bit 
doom and gloom, a little bit of a different flavor there. I know that you know, we didn't really do a three stars. We didn't do a pivotal play. Obviously, not not a lot of great stuff out of that game. Nixon Zell definitely would have been one of the three stars, as well as Michael Lorenzen and their performances that that were awesome. But all in all, I just I, I thought it was kind of time to take a pulse a little bit as we head into this weekend, these these last three games with the Pirates this weekend in Great American Ballpark before another off day next Monday, and then they play the Royals again. I, I just wanted to see what folks were saying, where they were at. It's nice to see that it was a mix, and it wasn't everybody saying, yes, it's time to drop this whole idea that the Reds are good. I think they're still talented. I think they still can show that, but I definitely think that we're all frustrated. Here in just a minute, I got Rob Carpenter, part two. We had part one like two weeks ago. I was supposed to have part two last Friday, and that was a totally different show that was you know way off the rails. But today, we've got part two with Rob Carpenter talking about covering teams from the locker room, being able to go in, talking to players, different stories from that. And it's a lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun talking with him. And we'll finish that up here in just a minute. But before we do, wanted to shout out to Built Bar. They are back. I don't know if you're an avid buyer of Built Bar. You should be because they taste amazing. But for a while, they'd kind of sold out of everything they had. And they were restocking, revamping. They've got a whole new revamped formula. Now, they've got some old flavors. They've got some brand new flavors. I, myself, I'm looking a whole lot forward to the salted caramel brownie flavor for this Built Bar package. They're a great tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and they're also good for your diet if you're on keto that works if you're on weight watchers that works too and they're low calorie so if you just count calories they fit right in to your daily budget a great snack and healthy for you too that's built bar go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout to save $10 on the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I know, the Reds are in the middle of this streak where it's like, okay, they win a couple and you feel good. They lose a couple and you feel bad. Let's all even out a little bit. Some of us, we need support. When we make it through the day, whether you're a professional athlete, whether you are Anthony DiScofani, who just gave up nine runs, or if you're Michael Lorenzen, who pitched three and a third to score this ball, we all need support and help to make it through the day. That's where our friends at CBDMD come in. They've got a great duo of products like CBD Freeze with menthol that targets muscles and joints with a nice cooling relief in a shareable squeeze tube, or an easy-to-use roller. They've also got CBD Recover, which takes CBD and combines it with Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support where you need. And now, they make it even easier to try these duo of products and everything that they've got to offer. You go to CBDMD.com and enter Locked On MLB. You'll get 25% off your next order order. That's cbdmd.com, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B for 25% off your next order of awesome CBD oil products from CBDMD. And that's that's the one thing that I think of too when you got different announcers or reporters who talk about players like I know specifically C. Trent Rosecrans loves talking about Tucker Barnhart because Tucker will answer any question that he has to the fullest extent that he can and 
you know, you've got uh, other broadcasters that reference players as like they're always at their locker, whether they got a golden sombrero or whether they just hit for the cycle. They're they're always at their locker, ready to talk to the media. And I think that gets lost on fans because fans are like, well, what's his batting average? How many RBIs does he have? That sort of thing. Right. And I think that when you're going into the locker room to know that, and, and this story isn't specifically about a Reds player, but I remember you telling this, and I kind of wanted to get it on the podcast. Shout out to uh, my buddy Jeff, who actually covers the Lockdown Indians. It's kind of funny that you have a Jeff on the Reds and a Jeff on the Indians, so Ohio just loves Jeff. Yeah. Um, all about Jeff. All about Jeff in Ohio. Um, but this story that you, you told me, whenever you were going down to the Indians locker room, you were told that there was one specific player, just don't talk to him at all. Yeah, and then actually that was early on in my radio career. I want to say that was about 95. So, well, it had to have been before my daughter was born. So it was about 94, 95. And this is when the Indians were really good. I mean, they were top-notch. You had guys like Sandy Alomar Jr., right. Carlos Baerga, who was always one of my favorites from that particular team. Uh, of course, you had Kenny Lofton and uh, just some of the others, Albert Bell, et cetera. But I can remember going to my very first Indians game um, at uh, from WLKR in Norwalk, just south of Cedar Point, and they were an affiliate for the Indians. So we went over, caught a game, and one of the guys that I rode over with said, listen, we're going to go down to the locker room. But but there's some things you need to know. And, and I thought, OK, cool. At least he's, you know, letting me know, because it, this was the first time I had ever been into a, a professional locker room. He's like two things. It's like just kind of work your way in. You know, don't don't stand out. You know, don't be rude, obviously. And don't talk to Albert. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes. Albert Bell and, and and I was going to mention this earlier too the personalities right that that's what I loved about about you know talking to the professional athletes and things like that it and it wasn't that Albert was a bad guy it's just his personality Albert Bell was there to play ball maybe sign some autographs and that's it go home <laughs> eat and go home and you know what i've always respected that about albert bell and i always say this as well and i tell my kids the same thing listen if if you want to play the game for the most part like albert bell did which was he wanted to he wanted to hit home runs and get paid mm -hmm. if that is your mindset i i just want to make sure i i say this correctly if that is your mindset, I have no problem as a fan as long as you don't respect or disrespect the fans mm. and you don't disrespect the game. Right. If you want if you want to go to a to you know, if you want to come to the ballpark early, get your work in, go play a game, after the game is over, maybe sign some autographs, go home. I really have no problem with that. Honest and truth, I could always say that. But if you start disrespecting the fans, disrespecting the game, then then you know then 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 in my opinion that that that's when you know it's like well, you know this guy just doesn't get it. But Albert Bell, getting back to Albert Bell, so we're going down the escalator and then going down the elevator as well because you had to go down the escalator and then down the elevator. So we walk in, we go down this hall which is just just down from the player's locker room, which is to the left. Well, you got to walk past the cafeteria to your right. Sure enough, 
We walked by the cafeteria, and I just happened to look to the right because I'm kind of like just checking things out, taking it all in. And sure enough, Albert Bell was in there, <laughs> and he was eating. Nobody was around him. I mean, there was nobody in there except. I mean, this is a huge room with Didn't about ten tables. No, no, he was just eating. And I'm like, "Yep, I'm not going in there." <laughs> His teammates know not even to bother. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. But then, then we got into the locker room, and uh, do we have time for the Kenny Lofton oh, yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. and then so we go in there, and you know, and again, I'm trying to take it all in, and you know, I'm not trying to stand out by by any means or ask a you know a silly or stupid question but i i got to interview kenny lofton and i wish i still had the tape for that it's somewhere in my in my radio box but so we go there and 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 so it you know it's he's at he's answering questions and it's my turn i i kind of like so kenny um it was something like, uh, so, you know, uh, you're hitting the ball really, really well. You've got a 10-game hitting streak. And before I could get hitting streak out, he goes, oh, you damn reporters. <laughs> I'm cleaning it up. Right. I'm cleaning it up. Because right, right. there, there were a couple curse words in there. <laughs> Holy, and is you guys got to bring that up at the worst time. Now, again, this is the first time that I had actually been in a professional locker room, and I'm just like this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, okay. So I just turned around and went to somebody else, and I couldn't even remember who it was. But I'm like, man, one of the first questions. Right. I heard I heard the whole Albert Bell thing, ignored Albert Bell, and then – Oh well, I guess that makes it, you don't want to you don't want to approach superstition with superstitious people. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I, <laughs> it, to be honest, if I knew that about Kenny Lofton, I I, I would have just obviously I wouldn't ask that question. Right. But that was that was probably the the most and and you know I when it came to the Browns and even when it came to covering the Reds guys like Austin Kearns and and Adam Dunn and those guys I was always just straight up with them I'd be like listen you know and again you know it, it, it when it comes down to it I'm just going to be fair you give me the answer don't make up an answer and just you know if you can't answer it just say I don't know right and then or if you don't like the question just say next question really and I have no problem with that either right so those were some of your favorite guys in the Reds locker room, Kearns and Dunn, and yes, those um, guys were. And and I, when it comes, and and I always think about this. And uh, Austin Kearns was Austin Kearns should have been a Red for a long time. I really wish he would have been. I wish, and just the injuries. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember when he was drafted and. And he was in the Reds organization. Everybody's like, dude, this guy, this guy, he is. A, and he really was. He was a really good. I thought he was a good hitter, a consistent hitter. And he was a good guy off the field as well. I always, always enjoyed talking to him. That It was just unfortunate, not only right. for the, the Reds organization, but as far as Reds fans and Austin Kearns fans, that we really, as fans, didn't get to see his full potential. I was, and, and taking nothing away from Adam Dunn and, oh yeah. and those guys either, but Austin Kearns, he, he was he was he had it up up here above the shoulders, absolutely. and it's just it's just too bad. I'll never forget that trade. That that was one of the more disappointing trades in my like looking back as a fan on uh, as the Reds because that was him and I think Felipe Lopez and they got back 
Uh, Gary Majeski, Bill Bray, and Royce Clayton. Ugh, I know. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit about Willie Mopena. He was fun to watch. I'm telling. You. And he, exactly. he was. And again, he, when it came to his his potential, that he he fell a little short, at least when it came to you know superstardom and things like that. But boy, that guy could hit the ball. And I, I don't know if I ever told you, but we we were able to. I think it was the first year of the of the Dayton Dragons. We were at batting practice and we were sitting there and you know that the the Dragons scoreboard's huge in left field. Mm-hmm. So Willie Mopena gets up there and first first couple of pitches he takes and then you know he he lines one to center field and then went opposite field and then I'm telling you what he got a hold of one and it went off the top of the dragon in left field <laughs> I have never seen a baseball hit like that in a minor league wow. uh, like like in a minor league setting I mean he absolutely crushed it and and another real good story that I like to tell about Willie Mopena we went to Reno, Nevada. I don't know if I've ever told you the story or not, but we went to Reno, Nevada about, uh, it was probably about 10 years ago. Okay. And so we're in Reno, Nevada for the National Bowling Tournament. My kids went with us this time with my wife and I. So we're in Reno, Nevada, and we're looking for something to do outside of bowling. And that was when the Reno Aces had just started building real nice ballpark. Reminds me of Fifth Third Field in Dayton nice. for the Dayton Dragons. So, uh, so we went and saw the uh, Reno Aces, and they're going through the starting lineup. And I'll be darned if Willie Mo Pena was not in the starting lineup for the Reno Aces. And I thought, what are the odds? <laughs> and I think he went like, uh, I think he went like two for four or something like that. But, but then uh, you know, it was just really, it was kind of nostalgic as in seeing him out there and you know knowing that he used to play for the dragons and for the reds and then uh i think he went to boston didn't he he's a real life incredible hulk and he brought back bronson arroyo when they traded him to boston. <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> right that's right but the yeah that's my willie mopena a story i, I thought wow what are the odds that's With- pretty cool were there ever guys, and I know that you, you know you're not trying to call anybody out, you're not trying to make anybody look bad, but it's just memories. You know, you got stories, people did stuff. Sure, you're remembering them. Were there were there ever any reds that you were like, ooh, uh, okay? You know what? Thanks, no, dude. not really. Um, okay. Even even um, now, again, I, I I covered the reds a little bit, uh, especially when Kearns and Dunn and those guys were coming up through. Um, I'm trying to think, and I don't think so. Not even, um, you know, with, with when it comes to superstardom. And again, guys like Ken Griffey Jr. And it, it, it you, you have to watch how you approach him. You want to, re- it's not that, how do I want to put it? It's not that you're scared to approach him, but you want to do it the right way, if right. that makes sense. Um, and and I never had any problem with him. Uh, nah, not that, not not when it comes, not when it comes to the Reds, not even the Bengals. I interviewed Corey Dillon a couple times. Mm-hmm. Now again, this is this is some ten years ago, but yeah, even him, he was he was uh, he was okay to interview. And Carson Palmer, and some of course Carson Palmer's a class act. Uh, and I'm just trying to think. No, no, not for the most part. No. See, and that's the thing too. Like especially uh, those. Those of you listening who are Bengals fans as well as Reds fans, like myself, 
when you think of Carson Palmer and you think of Corey Dillon, you probably think that they're going to be abrasive in those interviews, but they're just not. And that's that's how the personalities are a lot different than the way they are on the field. And, and we remember those instances where maybe they got tripped up in an interview or maybe someone just asked them a really asinine backwards question that should never have been asked anyway. And sure, they get a negative reaction from it, but you ask them a dumb question. That's just how that goes. And I think that that's key, that we, we realize that there's plenty of players that they're just normal dudes. Like Absolutely. I mean, Bronson, he's, you know, I, we, we joke and we call him the ace of the Locked On Reds podcast. I've had him on a couple of times. Super cool dude. Like, I never would have guessed, because as a fan, I think we think, okay, well, they, they get these checks that have way more zeros than any other check that we see. Right, right. And so they're probably, like, otherworldly with their attitudes. But I think it's important to note the guys who... Are just normal dudes, and and there are some that have attitude problems. But again, it's just I I just think it's how do I want to put it? Maybe the environment they grew up in, if if that makes sense. Sure. Not not trying to tick anybody off, but you know, if if you're handed everything, you know, some you know, obviously that's going to be how you know how you're going to be as a young adult, and and you know, perhaps you know a, a professional as 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 you're 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 in your prime but for the most part i i just sitting here thinking i i i don't think i ever ran into anybody anybody that was just off the chart whoa and even even um i covered the buckeyes uh the year they won the national championship with uh maurice claret and those guys Uh, that was a little different um but yeah, those those guys were good. I I really I I I've been lucky. I and you know what? And and it's not bragging, but I think if if you have a chance to talk to the athlete prior to how do I, you know uh, like in a group setting, mm-hmm. if if you if you're if you're able to talk to that athlete just one on one, you and him or her, I think. That helps mm-hmm. because there were numerous times when, you know, again, getting back and not not touching, not getting away from the Reds, but what, talking to former Browns players like Tim Couch and those guys, they were highly, you know, touted coming out of college and things like that. Especially, well, Tim Couch is, is a local guy for the most part. Right. He played for UK. Uh, again, being honest with the athletes, I think that I think that helps. I think that sets the tone. If that makes sense, you know, heading into your, you know, heading into, you know, the interview. Absolutely. And you're not talking to them a lot. You're, I mean, it's not really that long. I mean, what you're, you're there to maybe ask them, you know, three or four questions max. If that because you want to get you, you know, you, you want to kind of get around the locker room. But I think, um, you know, if you can just set it, set the tone early. And as long as you and the athlete are on the same page, usually there's not a problem. It's funny because uh, I, I remember Chris Welsh was talking on an earlier broadcast this week about the differences now with COVID and, and they have to do all of their interviews through Zoom and it's just a zoo for every interview. Zoo meaning that there's there's just so many reporters sitting on every single interview that you don't get that personal touch. You don't get the ability to just talk one-on-one with a player. Yeah, COVID's got to ruin everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it really does. And uh, I, 
I, I tell you what, Rob, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Well, because, thanks for having me. I yeah, really do. Yeah, I you, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, there were questions in my head, and I think you were just reading my mind. So <laughs> we're going to have to address that at a later date. But uh, yeah. he is Rob Carpenter. He is Thank the you. newsman for 700 WLW on the overnights. ATN. Or wait, ATN. as as uh, our uh, sports guy says, A-T-N. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Good old Siggy. All right, man. Well, hey, Rob, I appreciate this. Thanks for having me. Soon. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Reds podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope we're talking about a winning weekend on Monday. You're not going to want to miss any episodes that we've got for you. That's why you should subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked on Reds. And save the Locked on Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Keep getting those reactions in. We'll keep looking at some of the thoughts that everybody's got on this team. Hopefully they change for the better after a winning weekend against the Buckos. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On MLB. And I will talk to all of you on Monday. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.